Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host. Welcome to another dynamic episode. Hey, you guys, this is Brandon. I've been thinking about doing this for a while now, and I'm just diving into it. I'm going to start doing what I call the riffs. And basically, what a riff is, I'm learning to play guitar by one of my, my my friends is teaching me guitar and I've learned that a riff is is a series of notes that that are very catchy and hook you into the song and and all that kind of stuff so w- what I thought about doing is just getting on here and riffing is what they call it I think uh so at least that's what my beautiful wife Sandy has told me and just to kind of just share my heart and tell you what's on my mind and what I've been thinking about if it's it's a value to you, then that's great. You know, like I always say, eat the meat and spit out the bones. But what's been on my heart for the past few weeks a lot is uh, the whole nature of what does it mean to be a mature Christian, or what is maturity in the in the Christian world? I think I've been a Christian for probably close to thirty years, and I've changed so much in different ways, and I've grown. But it wasn't until the last probably six or seven years that I've really understood uh, what it means to be a mature Christian. And I think that's something that really plagues the body of Christ is we kind of have our definition of maturity kind of out of whack. And I wanted to take a little passage of Scripture and and share that and kind of open it up a little bit. And you see what I'm talking about from the letters of Paul. So if you have a Bible, that's cool. If it's on your phone or whatever, if you want to just listen along, I'm going to read the passage. But it's out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to read the passage here real quick out of the uh, New King, King James Version. And uh, then I'll kind of get into what I'm what I'm getting at, what I'm talking about. Paul's uh, kind of a background. He's He's talking to the Corinthians about all their different factions that they've had that, you know, I am a Paul, I am a Peter, all that kind of stuff. And, and this is what he says. He says, and I brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not solid food for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you still not able for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now I kind of added some more to it just to give you some context of what he's talking about there. But what I want you to notice in this passage is Paul equates maturity, you know, not being carnal, not being a babe, to obedience. Now let that sink in. 
He didn't give them a quiz on their doctrinal knowledge. He didn't give them, them a quiz on their theology. He basically said, you're carnal because you're not obeying the doctrine that we've given you. Okay? Now, let me caveat this. I'm not saying that theology and doctrine is not important. Obviously, it is because it shapes and informs who we are and how we live. What I am saying, though, is knowledge of that theology and doctrine alone is not Christian maturity. It will lead to Christian maturity, but but we're not mature until we're obedient. And I realized this years ago, a few years ago, you know, what does it matter if I can explain the Trinity to somebody or justification by faith or if I could pick out somebody's speck or or log in their eye, but I don't love my wife or I don't love my kids or I don't, I don't love my neighbor. And before you get all, you know, whatever about what I'm saying here is I'm not talking about some ishy, squishy, sentimental, worldly type love that, that allows all. I'm talking about loving people in truth. But I think sometimes we, we use that as an excuse just to be mean. And being mean is not godly. It's not. And correction for people comes through relationship. Here's the, here's the fact. You correct me on Facebook. If I don't know you, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to scroll on. You know, and, and we live in such a social media-driven society that we think that somehow we're going to love people with the truth. And it just comes across as just meanness. That's something else that's been on my mind a lot lately. But back to what I was saying about Christian maturity, our obedience level has to at least be equal to our knowledge level. But if you could see me right now, I'm, I'm holding one hand way up here at my nose, and I'm holding another hand way down here at my belly button. And the one at my nose is my knowledge level, and the one at my belly button is my obedience level. And that, my friends, it's, it, it's got to change. We've got to get to a place to where our knowledge matches our obedience. And that's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be mature. That's what it means to not be carnal. And that what it, that's what it means to go from milk to meat. But so often, even me, I did it when I was younger. You know, I want to go to a church to hear a preacher who preaches meat. Why do I need meat when I don't have any teeth? You know, why do I need meat when my stomach's not ready to digest it? Because all I was doing was filling my head full of knowledge. And I wasn't obeying anything that I was being taught. Uh, I won't say anything, but I wasn't obeying most things that I was being taught. So that's just something that's really been on my heart for the past little while. And, and I think it, it, it leads to this, this necessity, this, this, you know, Paul says knowledge puffs up. It leads to this necessity that we have to correct everyone you know, and reality is, is there's no one out there that has perfect doctrine. Let me, let me spend a week with you. I'll point out errors in your doctrine. You know, you could, you could do the same to me. Spend a week with me. You'll see not only errors in my doctrine, but errors in my walk or, or just plain sin. And the goal is, is, is to become more relational, both with God and with others. And that's the whole purpose of eradicating sin and false belief. If if our beliefs do not lead us to a deeper, intimate relationship with God and with other people, then our beliefs are just scholastic fodder. 
I mean, that's that's just a basic word for it. Scholastic fodder. And that's what the enemy wants to do. You know, the religious spirit wants us to, to be preoccupied with head, head knowledge and preoccupied with crossing every T and dotting every I. You know, the Father is more concerned with you loving Jesus, loving Him, flowing in the Holy Spirit, allowing Christ to live His life through you. And, you know, you're hard-pressed to find very many places in the gospel where Jesus was correcting everybody's doctrine. As a matter of fact, he said, you obey doctrine, but you don't know the scriptures. You're not getting the whole point of it. The whole point is love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the greatest commandment, love God and love your neighbor. And I don't think one day we're going to stand before God and he's going to say, well done, my great and awesome servant. You could explain the Trinity perfectly to people, and your apologetics ministry was awesome. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But in my life, with me, and this is me being vulnerable, I want to hear, well done, my great, uh, my, my, my awesome servant. You loved your neighbor, and you loved me. And and I know we get all confused with the the culture, you know, because the culture has this idea of love that's that's uh, almost accepting of everything, and and there's no truth in it, you know, and all that. That's why I I, I come from a place of wanting to call it holy love. The holiness is there, you know. We are holy because He is holy, and so we love people with the holy love. We appreciate who they are. And and we allow the Holy Spirit to correct people. I've I've discipled young people for years, and I've noticed that that I don't have to be their high sheriff of heaven and, and correct every dot and every everything that they do wrong. If I pray for them, the Holy Spirit begins to convict them of their sin on their own, or even just being with me can, began to convict them of their sin. And there is a place for correction. It's Matthew eighteen, you know, but. The Facebook is totally, it, it, it cracks me up. People will think they're correcting people's sin and, and they're sinning by not following Matthew 18. I mean, they're not coming to me in my message and, and correcting me one-on-one. You know, they're just putting it out there for the whole world to see. And their excuse is, well, you did it out there for the, you put that post out there for the whole world to see. Well, but that's still not the process. And that just, so, that just shows spiritual immaturity. That shows carnality. That, that's carnal. And it's, it's like uh, my wife and I say all the time. It just really, really, really comes down to this, the, this place. Do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship? Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we can have any kind of whatever, willy-nilly doctrines or or false beliefs and all that kind of stuff. But what I am saying is that you don't have perfect beliefs, but wouldn't you rather be in relationship with the person you're talking to than, than right? I mean, that even applies to marriage. I think a lot of marriages are just really screwed up because one of them has to be the winner, you know? And, and, a, and a friend of mine who used to be a mentor of mine told me this years ago, he said, you know what? When you're the winner, that means you're married to a loser. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, that really hit. And I don't want to be married to a loser. I, I'd rather my wife be the winner than me be the loser. And that's an area that I'm working on. That's an area that, that I want to be in obedience to the word with. And like Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
he equates Christian maturity with obedience. He, he equates it with walking and living the word out. And we've got to, we've got to do that, you guys. I've got to do that. You've got to do that. And I think once we do that, they will know us by our love. They will know us how we love one another. They will know us by how we love them. You know, and I'm not talking about being nice. Nice is a cultural word. I, I can't stand it, actually. You know, Mr. Nice Gal, Nice Guy. You know, I'm not talking about being nice. But there is a place for kindness. There is a place for tenderness. There is a place for mercy. Because at the foot of the cross, that's where we all are. And if you're not there, that means you're a Pharisee away, mocking those that are. And that, my friends, would be an awful place to be. Thank you for listening to my riff. And hopefully I'll be putting more of these out. It's just what's on my heart, guys. Love y'all. Talk to y'all later. I hope you enjoyed this little ditty. Look forward to more riffs coming your way. And this is Brandon signing out.